0: Hi, my name is Andre, and this is Krachbau. Kragbau is a podcast about underground music and underground musicians that are based here in Berlin. We record those at Pedalmarkt, a shop in Neukölln. We sell effects pedals, but we also do DIY electronics workshops. The podcast was on pause for some time, unfortunately, but now we're back, and I have maybe four or five episodes in the queue, so that's good news. And this first one is with the band called Eat My Fear. It's a punk hardcore band. We recorded the interview in the end of January 2023. And we talk about uh, the scene. We talk about occupied spaces here in Berlin. We talk about the scene in Brazil. We talk about their approach to composing songs. How all of the band members collaborate and contribute to the sound, to the lyrics, to the music. Um, Lots of interesting insights. Um, I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Let's get into it.
1: I think the most important thing that people need to know is that punk was not invented by white males. Punk was created by women, people of color, and queers. And without
2: all of us, it would be nothing.
0: Hi, I'm here with Eat My Fear with Andre and Andreessa. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. Me too. Thanks for having us.
0: Of course. Uh, thanks for coming. Um, and we just listened to Queer Punk Revolution from the album New Era from 2022, was it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: How did that album come about?
1: Long process. Pretty long. Actually, we start like the to make the songs. Like I think. In 2018 19 it was quite the first songs were quite like a while ago like and actually you record the record like by the end of 2020 no 2021 Mm -hmm. and then just came out in like 2022 it took it like forever (laughs) like between like recording mixing mastering and like all the delays of like factors like to produce the records and also to print art covers and stuff like it took a while like
0: yeah how did how did you feel about the record when it came out because when it takes so much time sometimes you're like you don't know what what you're gonna feel when it when it's out
2: i think we actually wrote some songs very shortly before we recorded Mm -hmm. the record i think there are some songs that are quite old but then there are also some others that were we really wrote weeks before the recording.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, actually, there
2: was one song where I wrote the lyrics actually in the night before I had to record the vocals, mm-hmm. and I was like, I remember that I went home and I was very stressed because like there's such a high pressure. I still have to write the lyrics and come up with a melody, and then it will be pressed on vinyl and you can never <laughs> change it. But yeah. it worked out, and
1: yeah, but it was like a. I don't know, like in a way, like on like when this process takes so long and like we also like we recorded a record during pandemic, so was a bit like unsure, like can we play, can mm-hmm. play, like how it's gonna work. And during this process our drummer she got pregnant and wow. she had a baby and actually everything was like um I think different than we kind of uh was planning like when we kind of start the process of, like, writing songs and to record and so on. But I think I was pretty, pretty happy about the result. Like, the I think we, we, we recorded with, like, Jan from Planet.
2: In, in Planet. The, in the Planet, yeah.
1: And he's awesome. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm really, I think we all very happy about the result,
0: yeah. Right, nice. And um, what was the process of writing songs? So you started writing them in 2008? Um, 18 you said right
1: I think there's some songs actually like, uh, like beyond binaries for example it's like was shortly before we changed basses. Right. so it was 2018 actually it's it's crazy but it was quite a while ago
0: so did the process of writing songs change along the time because like Corona happened I guess all Is that... actually, the
2: world changed actually the songs that I wrote on guitar a lot of them, I wrote together with our drummer when actually Adriessa and Elena were in Brazil. Yeah. Was it with Anticorp? No, you were just visiting your family, I think.
1: Yeah, I was like, well, Corona. Hitler I was mm. sometimes in Brazil with my fa- family, mm. and yeah.
2: So in this time, actually, we didn't play shows. Like yeah. it was maybe two months, one or two months, all in. Oh, it somehow it felt so long, but it wasn't. You never. Like, doesn't matter but like um some of the songs i wrote with andrea in in some evenings where we actually didn't practice and i think
1: like with like uh, it my cup, uh, like writing process was always like uh not really like we never really kind of had this like kind of like okay we all have to be together to write songs mm. like because I'm from Brazil, like so. Sometimes, like during like so, uh, winter here, summer in Brazil. So sometimes I go visit my families, and then like they kind of get together and right. So actually, this is the reason like we have we both play guitar and we both sing, but not sing and play. But we have like this right. role of like changing mm-hmm. instruments because like I remember like I, I started a band being a guitarist, and Jay was the singer. Yeah. True. And then like while I was in Brazil for like, maybe three months or something like that, they started to write songs like mm-hmm. without me. Mm-hmm. So then we're like, hey, I really enjoy playing guitar. So you're gonna sing. And I was like, I had no experience like in singing. Right. I never had done it before. Like just like, I don't know, some backing vocals for my former band.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, like I think like we always had a like, kind of a weird writing process like in a way. Right. Yeah.
0: So do you usually write just one person by themselves and then they bring it to the band or is it sometimes a couple of people meet and they write or do you come together all together and you write music and lyrics? I'm curious.
2: For example, I play never guitar at home. Right. <laughs> I'm and one I'm of the person. one who
1: plays guitar at home and yeah. brings stuff like writing. So we have also different ways. You know? yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I play music like guitar for like a lot of years but I'm a person like I don't have any fun to sit down at home and like play guitar it's like very boring for me somehow Mm -hmm. and I need to be actually in the rehearsal room at least with one other person and then inspire each other and then it's a fun thing and I'm also a person I'm not very good with discipline Mm -hmm. and then if I don't have fun playing by myself then it would take discipline to play at home and write a song so I never do this I always meet other people in the Mm -hmm. rehearsal room and then write songs yeah, I think
1: I just come from a completely different background. I'm coming from Brazil. Like, we don't have a rehearsal room, like private rehearsal rooms that we, like, sit our ass there for, like, six hours mm. and, like, try to come up with beats and stuff. Like, we have to get, have, like, two hours that you pay a lot of money mm. and you have to get things done. So, mm. like, actually what I think is really dope because, like, I think, like, Since I moved here, I think sometimes it takes just too long to get things ready. What I think is cool, like, to, like, work on details, like, to make things, like, shape in a better way. But, like, I think, like, this quick thing, like, to get things done, like, I I really love this pressure of, like, I have two hours you have to kind of like, you have you can, yeah, you don't have time to stop to like, you know, let's have a chat about, no, we are going to do this before or after mm-hmm. like your rehearsal, you know, like, mm-hmm. so um, I think this was like probably the way, the, the reason I become, I'm like, I'm pretty much prepared things at home. I like, I like to sit down, like write like heaps and stuff like yeah. before and say, hey, I have this idea. Usually, I records and then, like, then Andre sometimes I like, already think about some vocals or lyrics. But I think, like, I'm the one who likes to be prepared, and Andrea is more like, and Andrea, they really like, have this more this jammy culture. Mm. What I think is really dope, like, mm. it's just not working for me, yeah. actually, personally.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, the song that we just listened to now. Um... How did it come about? Who wrote it? Who wrote the main riffs? Do you remember? Was it all
1: together? You're right.
2: Mm, I wrote actually the song together with Andrea in the rehearsal room. Mm -hmm. And then, Andrea came up with the lyrics.
1: Yeah. And actually, for me, it's a bit like, a kind of, how can I say? uh, Because this is a kind of a mosh song. Mm -hmm. This very hardcore moshy thing. So, like, queer punk revolution is super like a topic. It's like, Mm. it's a bit like, In my view, uh, kind of like a critique, fun making fun of the scene because it's like, yeah, like all this like go together to concert, sing along, and all this violent dance and stuff. I think like that is such like a fucked up culture inside like this scene that like and to try to come up. If our topic word that like everybody can be at the same space and have fun, mm. I think it's pretty like not realistic, but like maybe the way we would love to create a space that people can have fun together, yeah yeah, yeah. actually th- th- I think like probably half of this record is jam, I think right, right. yeah, I think that like in the, also there's some songs that like it's not we don't have a rule like if I sing i going to write the lyrics only and then Jay going to do the, the, the heaves and so on. Like there's like some songs that like I wrote the lyrics and the heaves, and some songs and Jay wrote lyrics that I sing. So mm-hmm. we kind of work good together. Like we have like, a, and sometimes like we also like think, oh, okay, maybe this song maybe would work better when some of us like would sing or play to the voice or to the energy. Or, there's
2: you know. even one song. Um, Without You that actually Adriessa wrote the guitar and then I had such a hard time to come up with vocals because I was like how should I do the vocals to this it was like it's a very positive melodic melodic and I was like I don't know how to do vocals over a song Mm. like this and then actually (laughs) I said okay then I prefer to play your guitar and Adriessa came up with the lyrics and the vocals
0: Ah, which (laughs) song is that maybe we can listen to it
1: uh, without you. Actually, the same happened with like Never Give Up. Like, I wrote the the guitar hiffs and the lyrics. Mm. Yeah. Actually, like, yeah. I think sometimes just like, I think at the beginning it was like, okay, you have like this, okay, I play guitar and sing, and Jay, no, I just play guitar and was doing back vocals, and Jay was main singing and then like, then you start to exchange and I think like sometimes you just think, okay, my vocal, and Jay has a more brutal vocal than I do, so like, if some things are more melodic, because I think we also don't have this kind of like, okay, we play hardcore punk, but like we don't really get like really stuck on the genre. Like there is a lot of stuff that is like a more deep beat or more like screamo in a way, even like I'm I'm a super metal head. So like, Mm. it's like, everything is like a bit like works in this band. Like, but I think sometimes I think like the, The vocals is a bit more like into the mood of the song. I think like there is like if the song is more brutal, they go for Andre. Like Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. (laughs)
0: Let's do for contrast without you. Yeah. Let's maybe talk about different scenes, Um, Andreas. Maybe could you talk about the scene in Brazil? Is it sort of fragmented depending on the region? And what what is the vibe like?
1: It depends. Like, yeah. I think, like, as as everywhere, like, it's the same. Like, if you go to the. Like, uh, I I was born in Santos, that is really. It's like by the coast, an hour away from Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. So. Actually, at the 90s, like, I had a really crazy big scene in my hometown. So, and there was always, like, this kind of difference. Like, I think, like, in Sao Paulo, like, scene, like, the hardcore punk bands or the metal bands were, like, more, like, dark, deep uh, in your face in a way. Like, mm. and you we come from the beats so or we you're more groovy. Mm. So, like, there was always, like, a, a lot of, like... Uh, not fights, but, like, some kind of, like,
3: right.
0: yeah, light rivalry. Kind
1: of that don't really got along too, so well, in a way. But I think, like, I, I yeah, I think, like, if I compare, like, like, all the places in Brazil, like, I was touring a lot in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the northeast, it's, like, just insane. Like, it's the best place to play. Because, it's like, people don't go there so often. So, like, when bands are, like, touring and, like get the chance of playing the northeast is like just sick like because people just go crazy because they don't have they are not spoiled Sao Paulo area people know like so it's different and it's also very different than here honestly when I first because I I I was touring with my other band on Corpus in 2014 in Europe for the first time. It was my first time here mm-hmm. and Actually, I was waiting for something different. I was like, okay, like I'm going to Europe. So I'm going to see a lot of like insane
0: madness.
1: And, like... No, I, I, no, I thought about like this, like, because it's uh, queer feminist scene, like oh, the right. woman scene and like, I was like, okay, you're going to find a lot of great bands mm-hmm. and actually wasn't like that. It was, I was actually pretty disappointed, like, mm-hmm. especially playing heavier music. I think like we, on tour, like we, like we played with a lot of like really good bands, but like not like as aggressive that our band were, like there was not like something like the same style. I think I was waiting for something like really different and I was actually a bit disappointed. I think like now we have a way more like bands like going on like around, like in Europe in general. But yeah, yeah, it's
0: kind of more the US thing somehow. No, I feel like you always think that 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 kind of scene is more active in the US somehow. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I just actually when I compare, I was like, okay, Brazil is really great. Yeah. <laughs> like I think like you had a lot of really, really like flinta bands. They are they were great, and still have a lot of bands. They are really really nice. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, a bit disappointed about that. Yeah. But I think in in another way, if I'm living here now, it's because it's possible to play music and live, like have a kind of you can have like a okay job, play with your bands, touring around, and it's not like utopic in a way. Like in Brazil, it's really hard. Like everything is like for example, like I'm forty now, I just managed to have my first amp when I was like thirty because it's impossible to have an amp. It's very expensive, like, mm. it's like I was thinking about, like, pedals. Like, I couldn't have, have I I never got into pedals because it was not, impossible, not, was not possible to have a pedal because mm. it was too expensive. Like, I think, like, I, I, I had my first tuner, like, a Behinger because it was the only thing people could afford, you know? Yeah. Like, so once I, I was moving to Europe, I was like, okay, everything is possible. Like, after three months with a shitty job, I had, like, a nice gear, like, you know, like... Yeah. So um, I think this, like the scene there, I think I really love it. I have like, really, I'm very passionate, but like to have a band there is really hard. So like, then I'm here now for, it's one of the reasons it's because of playing music. Yeah. But yeah, but I think like in the same time, like there's a lot of like things that kind of like get together, like in the scene, if I compare Brazil here especially the most like political scene. I think mm-hmm. like there is some like uh, beats that come together. Like, right. yeah. You
0: know. Yeah. What about you, André? Have you always been in Berlin? Are you born and raised? No,
2: no, no. I was born actually in, um, Ruhrgebiet, also in Recklinghausen. It's like the middle West, Germany, um, my parents, like, came there, like, migrated from Poland, and mm-hmm. my grandfather, it's a the place that is actually f- famous for coal mining. Right. And, yeah, uh, I grew up there. And also music-wise, I was, like, socialized there, and there was a pretty active music scene. Like, there were, like, a lot of small DIY venues and, like, this autonomous centers and... Um, but I didn't get, like, the the music scene I got first introduced was kind of more mainstream. Like, I mm-hmm. was going to, like, Bon Jovi concerts or, like, Skank and Nancy or, like, more, like, the bigger bands. Like, I was very music-wise socialized by um, MTV yeah, and yeah, Viva, sure. <laughs> like...
0: I mean, us all, I guess. It was have?
2: so good back in the days. Yeah. Like, I was really like remembering how I was super excited to stay up in the night and turn on the TV and my, my parents shouldn't listen to it and sitting there with my tape recorder mm-hmm. to record the songs. Mm-hmm. And then I was like um, going to music stores and getting their um, catalogs. And like, because quite early I was a bit. I I knew that it was a bit annoying for me to only watch like dudes um, in bands. And actually it was like Skank and Nancy was one of the first bands where I was like, wow, like Skin, the singer is so good and this weakness and strongness and like all this facets that they have like was so... And then I I knew that the the next band was, I went to at the Drive-In concert in the... I don't know, end of 90s, beginning of 2000s. And the, the band that was opening for them was also like a Flinter band, like with mm. two bassists and a drummer. And then then uh, these kind of bands um, were the introduction to the more alternative, really alternative uh, music scene. Nice.
0: Yeah. Mm. And then when did you move to Berlin?
2: Uh, actually in 2006.
0: Right, so quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. So you immediately started playing in bands?
2: I started playing in bands when I was around 16. Mm-hmm. Actually with a friend from school back in the days yeah. and it was a bit more, in the beginning was a bit, we did more kind of rap because you didn't need to have instruments for that. And then she started to play bass and I started to play guitar and then back then we already didn't want to play so much music with guys. And it was very random, like we did, um, um, there was um, a magazine that was for free, like in this area where I grew up, and you could write, in German it's called Inserat, like where you search for someone, like for Mm -hmm. dating, and we searched for someone to, to start a band with us, and we said like, yeah, it would be nice and back in the days, we used uh, more the word woman, like, and we said we, we are looking for a woman to start a band with us. And the only people who called were, like, really guys who were, like, calling to to ha- make some sex calls. Like, they would make gross, like, noises into the phone, and my mom was, like, very disturbed, and me too, and it was horrible. And... um and then actually one of the reasons why like 10 years later, around 10 years later, I moved to Berlin was because I knew I still wanted to play in bands. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had some bands also back in Ruhrgebiet, but then people got older and started to have being in couples and like living together or like get very serious into jobs. And I have a hard time to, to feel okay without playing in mm. at least one two three bands um and then and it, it seemed like berlin is the only place to go when you still want to surround your life around being in in bands
0: yeah and uh, so when did you form eat my fear then mm.
2: 2016
1: no 15 when i moved to berlin yeah, right. right away, like, when I, I moved to Berlin in 2015, and, I don't know, July, right. and I think in December we started the band. Wow. Yeah, like... how Facebook groups, or...? No, actually,
2: because we... I we was m- playing in another band yeah. at this time, like yeah. Frank Rush, and then we knew each other... Yeah, for concerts mm-hmm. and stuff.
1: Yeah, and, like, on the day, I actually, when I was on tour with my other band, I went Corpus, like... Andrea, our drummer, she was also, we we had some gigs together in Austria mm-hmm. on tour. Like we were kind of, we, yeah, you we were playing some concerts together. And I think she was like maybe the first person I got to know in, in, in Europe in a mm-hmm. way. And then when I moved here, like, then we met and then I was like, oh, okay. Like and Andrea, oh, Andrea is like searching for a band for forever. We thought about to do something together. And then we started like. Meet up and play music together, but I think like we were. I think we were already really focused on like, okay, let's have a band and let's do a lot of things with this band. Yeah. I think for the very beginning, we were very committed on like making something like that. We wanted to do a lot of things. Yeah, with. not yeah. just
0: meet and, and no, play some songs, no. but actually yeah. make records and yeah. and tour and do gigs.
2: Yeah, because also Andrea and me were also on tour together with other bands that we were playing right. in, and then um, we always said that we would like to play in, in a just super classical hardcore band. Yeah. Because somehow, like a lot of flinter bands, end up to be more a little bit experimental or a bit more positive, and we both like super loved hardcore, mm-hmm. and then we knew we would love to have a flinter hardcore band and. I love it so much about the scene I'm part in because like or I'm part of like because when Anti-Corpus came on tour like to Europe I was super admiring them I was like wow like mm. they are like a flinter uh, hardcore metalish influenced band and I, I kind of was a little bit fan of them because I I don't know that many bands who are who also like very very good musicians in yeah. this genre and then it's so sweet that like, it's not that these people are kind of super far away and you can never become friends with them. But we got to, we became friends super fast. And then we said, hey, let's start a band. And like, Riesa was like, of course. And also the drummer of Anticorp was like Elena, actually already half a year before. Andrea and me were like jamming with with her. And, and this time, at this point, she didn't join Eat My Fear, we had a different we started with a different bassist. Yeah. But now she's actually in Eat My Fear.
1: Nah, <laughs> so yeah. like everything so connected. Yeah. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Yeah, sometimes people don't know which band it was. It's yeah. <laughs> true because I also played <laughs> I in Anti
2: Corpus right. when they went on their last Brazil Argentina Chile tour. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you wanna to listen to something early, maybe from from Eat My Fear? That's 2016? First?
2: maybe care i really like the song we don't play it anymore but which one is care oh yeah care. that's a good one deep deep, <laughs> deep 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 the the beginning where you count four on your strings <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right this is care from self-titled album from eat my fear here we go there was screamo influence that sort of in the end uh, the mm. harmonics and the screaming kind of
1: not really. actually like I think like Andrea and Anja are deep into the screamo scene right I think like Andrea drum is like, really like a lot of influenced by screamo I'm not actually not <laughs> my music at all like I, but I really love like 90s hardcore like right. Unbroken all these bands like I think I like I like it's more dark Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like I, I, then I, I'm also actually like, I, I, I think I, I started to listen to music very early. I was like eight or something. Like, I was like, listening to Sepultura. Nice. Like, I was really like into the thing. And I, I, I think when I started playing guitar, I think around 14 and having bands, like, I was like, okay. I cannot get into this kind of, I'm going to play a solo or like something like that. I'm not technically good enough and also not interested in it. But I really like, I think like Sepultura is a good example. Like they have something like all these dissonant guitars, like the solos that is more noisy and like not really solos. And like, and I was always like, okay, I think I really like hips and I really like noise, so like, and can be also kind of into the screamo thing, but I think it's not actually my- It's my more from the
0: noise. So. Yeah,
1: I, I think like for me it's more like, I was always very much into like this, or like, I don't know, like something like Sonic Youth, like yeah. this kind of indie- shugazi, like Shugazi yeah. stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like more aggressive music. So yeah. I think this is my kind of main reference. Yeah.
0: And you have been pretty prolific since 2016. So you've released three albums. Yeah. Um, do Do you feel like um, the the music changed a lot? Do you feel like um, yeah, or, or has it ha, have you been true to sort of the genres that you've picked in the beginning?
1: I think you, actually yes. Yeah, like if I think, I think like our first r- records is like it's more like darkish, yeah. like more heavier. I think the mm-hmm. second record is more of like hard po- hardcore punk, like more kind of, and I think it's also because we swapped, like we exchanged like this, like who play, like, because like the first record I was playing guitar, like mm-hmm. every song, mm-hmm. and NJ was singing. And then the second one, the second EP, like NJ was playing guitar and I was singing most of the songs. So like,
3: right.
1: I think then, it's like a, it's a very different like way of playing, and I think also the compositions was also very different yeah
2: yeah, and then it's actually exciting because only now in the first full length, it really came together yeah. because in the full length it's like it's a mix of like who's playing guitar, who's doing vocals and then also Addrios and my way of playing guitar got a bit more similar and also the way we do vocals yeah. because your vocals the second seven. It's ridiculous. It's also very different.
1: Yeah. Like I hate it so yeah. much. Like every time I listen to Please Don't Play. <laughs> I fucking wanna die. Like I hate it. Like I think it was my first band playing singing. Like I didn't know how to sing at all. Right. But I was like, okay, I get it. Like I'm I gonna try. And like when I listened, I was like, oh man, it's really <laughs> shitty. And then like I think I just learned with the time. And then now i feel like, okay, now I like actually. I have to say, I think I just learned how to really sing in a way that I like after we record this record, right. the, the last one actually. I think like some weeks after I was like, okay, now I got it, how <sighs> to do it. And I was like, fuck, but now it's done. <laughs> I would like to record again, all the to make all the vocals again but like it was not possible.
0: I mean, sometimes yeah. you have to go through the whole process in order to yeah. actually get there. So.
1: And it's really, also maybe because of, we, we were practicing a lot before yeah, recording, exactly. so maybe I think it was like on, like on this process like I was like oh okay now I got it how to do it without losing my voice or something like that yeah yeah actually it's good because NJ is like a, a screaming like a coach so like yeah. I, I can get some
2: yeah but you really good
1: advice for the best yeah.
2: <laughs> but I think you didn't get it so much from me actually not at
1: all actually not not at all no like uh, some things yes but, like, I, I'm really visual with stuff, like, uh, mm. with learning. Like, I was, like, a lot of times, like, just looking into, like, YouTube videos, like, how people are likes when, like, how they do sing, like, how they move their mouth, like, stuff like mm. that. And of watching things, like, learn how. It's really crazy because it makes no sense because, like, it's about your vocal cords and stuff like that. But like, I was like, okay, no, I got it how they do. Like, yeah. so I'm going to try to do the same. Yeah. And then work it.
2: Actually, it's also, like, screaming. vocals. <coughs> it is a lot about imitating. Like, I, I give um, screaming workshops and also screaming lessons to people. And, like, people who never screamed, like, who never did any distortion before, like, can do it perfectly after half an hour just by imitating. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, really, really, like, I'm always so impressed because sometimes people think, like, it takes years of practicing practice to, like, scream without it's hurting and stuff, but like really people scream like hell. Mm. Like after half an hour of a screaming workshop or a class. Wow. That's Mm -hmm.
1: impressive. I got to take that class. (laughs) You should. (laughs) It's great. Awesome. Awesome. Highly recommended. Like, this is really good on it. Yeah.
2: It's my, like also love, I love teaching people to scream. And then it's like so much of my passion, like my other kind of paid jobs. Like it's, having super hard time like to find something that fits and it's i always struggle and it's so different when i teach screaming like i have more energy afterwards than before mm. and then it's, it's it's such a honor for me to be invited regularly to teach people screaming because it it's really it feels like the thing that i'm good in or that i'm supposed to do and it gives me so much joy like yeah. and i just love it
0: So how do you do it? Do you do it in groups, in a school, or what's the process? Or do you do it just at home or in the recording place?
2: Mm, No, actually, I I give screaming workshops, like, all over Germany and, like, different festivals and events. And I teach screaming, like, also give workshops once a month in Berlin Mm -hmm. and, like, uh, Kapfenteichwagenplatz, Mm -hmm. like, in a room. And then also meet people um, in our rehearsal room, like, for private lessons. Mm And, yeah, sometimes it's people who are into music and who, who use it actually for, they say they lose their voice or they don't really, are not really happy with the sound that they produce. But then there are also a lot of other people who come more because, especially flinter, like when they've never been loud and they say mm. they actually don't dare to take up space. So my workshops, like for bigger groups, like a lot of times they are for Flinta and queers, but also allies. But in my one-on-one lessons, it's also a lot of guys that actually come. And I mean, this question of how much space do I want to take? is It's a topic for everyone. And there are also like a lot of cis guys who don't want to be like this dude in a band who's like, like being, making this killer vocals and taking so much space um so like it's really like also a lot of an emotional level and who do i want to be and it's i just love it
0: yeah it's more than just technique There's, totally yeah so much more
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
0: That's so good. i didn't know that you were doing workshops but now i'm, I'm excited we're gonna, <laughs> we're <getting into> this.
2: <laughs> yesterday was one of the most funny thing because i went to a Volkshochschule course um like it's this common class for everyone and i went to um uh, to a class about singing and, like, the voice because I'm, I'm a vo- like, I'm not a trained vocal coach. I'm a trained band coach, but not a trained vocal coach. But I share a lot of things that I learned being in bands and that other people told me, but I also had singing lessons myself after we were on tour and I lost my voice mm-hmm. and I took gallery Voice to <laughs> be able to finish the tour. And then I got assist on my vocal cords. Mm-hmm. But then I went to a super cool um, logopedin like mm-hmm. a vocal coach person, and she teached me so much, and then I brought everything together. But like back to the beginning of the story, yesterday I went to a class to check in if the things that I teach, like if other people teach similar and stuff, and um, then the person who who was um, facilitating the class, was super curious when she heard that I'm teaching screaming. And then the last hour of the class, I was actually giving yeah. a... <laughs> I was teaching the people how to scream. But it was all super regular people who don't have any connection to hardcore punk and metal.
3: Yeah.
2: And then we were really doing killer, really killer, like zombie, Godzilla, bear <laughs> vocals. like, And it was so powerful and people loved it. And it was my first time to, to teach people who are, actually don't have a connection to this kind of music and they loved it. Yeah. And it was like so funny for me and nice to feel how in a society that is teaching us to or wanting us to be quiet yeah. and disciplined – But we do have like all these emotions. What
0: are you doing with that energy then? Totally.
2: And we are human animals. We also have the the ability to produce a lot of super cool sounds. And it's also a lot of fun. So um, I actually loved it yesterday. Gave me more motivation to also teach it to people who are not connected to hardcore punk, metal, music scene.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But this is also like really related to Germany. Like I think here we need to be very quiet. You have to you, be quiet. Yeah. yeah you, it's like, I I think I'm from Brazil. We have very loud, yeah. so like we take all the space possible. Like, so like, it's a bit like the opposite, like, <laughs> like it's, it's funny. I think one of my, was one of my first lessons, like kind of, I mean, integrations in Germany, like. You cannot be loud. Like, I remember once I was walking down in Straße, that is, like, the loudest place in Berlin, and I saw a friend on the other side of the street. I was, like, screaming her name. Everybody was looking at me as I was doing some kind of terror attack at this Straße. I was like, okay, I cannot scream here. I have to always be quiet and, like, polite. I think people should be polite, but not quiet all the time. Yeah, yeah it's just... Yeah, it so we gets to,
0: to to absurd levels. I think we got screamed at uh, at some point because we were talking loudly while there was advertising running in the cinema. So in the cinema, when you come, there is just ads, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and like a German person rotates, <laughs> no and they're way. like, "Could you please be quiet? This is this is ads. This is <laughs> yeah. advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to see that.
2: No, yeah. you don't it, want to. Actually, a lot of times, yeah. like very annoying. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So it's." Uh, It's crazy. Like I used to live in a house project here in Berlin when I moved here, like, and also there was like a lot of like Latinos living together with a lot of Germans. So it was always like very intense to see, like, we always knew that when like our Latino community was like at the kitchen because they were loud as fuck and all Mm. the Germans around very annoyed, but I was like, like, okay, maybe we should be a bit more quiet, but you can't, like, you cannot hold. It's like just natural being loud, like, yeah.
0: One. Um, right you wanna do a closing song what should we listen to
2: mm, maybe not just the house yeah is
0: it from the new record new mm-hmm. record
2: yeah yeah it's a song that like the lyrics are about uh, eviction of Liebig 94 like this um, queer feminist house project and then it, it's but it's in general about the eviction of like a lot of Very important places that make Berlin the place it is. And um, yeah. So
1: then, Berlin, I think like we,
2: because we were like touring a lot
1: and especially after COVID, I think like some weeks ago, like a friend was asking for some contacts in France, Italy, and I don't know, other places. And like most of the places I've been playing before, they they don't exist anymore Mm -hmm. because they are probably like now. I don't know, into this speculation, like business and so on. I think it's like just really sad that this is happening and we are losing a lot of really important space. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, I think Anj was like really into like the the last actions,
2: like on like like trying to keep
1: like Libish alive.
2: No. I wasn't involved in, in, in the actions, but I, I was. it was a super important place for me. And then I was also there when and why Liebig got evicted. Like right. we played there yeah. like the night before and then I mm-hmm. went there the next morning. And I mean, I was trying to not make it happen, but like... Yeah. Um,
0: how, how did it happen? What was the experience? You just cops came in and forced everyone out yes
2: like people were there in in the house and already made a lot of barricades and like different tried to make it harder for the cops to get in but then like what was so disturbing for me was that how the cops treated the house when they evicted it like how they were just throwing the furniture out of the window and destroying it and and but it, it wasn't like it wasn't a a bad thing like it was a place yeah. where people tried to support each other where people who like were experiencing like who were otherwise maybe be homeless or who experienced violence and needed a place to be safe but like it wasn't like a, a super terrorist uh, place like and then like to treat something like this like shit like that this would be the problem and and, and the biggest problems that we have like in the world was like so disturbing for me that like afterwards mm. I got super serious mental health issues because mm. it felt so wrong and I was like I know that there are, it's it's just one of the things that are happening that's like very wrong but it was super disturbing for me.
0: Yeah, it's and, like it personally offended them somehow on some level. It's weird, no? Yeah,
2: yeah. like and and a lot of the places also the homeless place like in the place where a lot of homeless people were living in tents like in Rummelsburger Bucht like also when this place got evicted like people couldn't even get in to get their their wallet their ID their their things and and i think if you're already so vulnerable and then you just have a give, you have a space where you have some security and some community also like all these places are also places of community like and then like when this is so violently um crashed like it's I I get really sick from I get really sick from this because I don't know I don't know how to handle to to process this kind of things because it's so wrong and then the things that are really wrong are not seen seen as a problem like and Mm -hmm. it's it's like yeah just and I love to to play the song because all my Screaming doesn't, it's not so connected to hate, like it's connected to a lot of emotions that I have. It can be also super vulnerable, very happy and positive. But in this song, there is like so much really hate (laughs) from the deep of my heart and anger about that things are like this. And, And if I don't, if we cannot play enough shows, if I cannot express also these feelings, I also have actually more problems to function and to stay... Somehow healthy, like mental, because um, I don't know how to do that.
0: Yeah, because th- there are also there are not many ways to actually fight that. And I guess when this is just acting as an outlet for yourself to to do something about it,
2: and to also be allowed to feel that and yeah. to express that, because mm-hmm. you you see, for example, the eviction of a place, but there is so little you can do, like yeah. and and. Yeah, yeah,
1: and slowly all the places are getting evicted. Like, yeah. like there was the Kopi plots. <laughs> and like I don't know, like from the, like I'm I'm living Berlin for almost eight years now, and wow, like so many places they don't exist anymore. It's mm-hmm. really, and I think this was like one of the kind of the charm of the city, like this underground life, like and the places are just like. Gone now. Like I think it's like, even like I think even the the way of organize like gigs, everything is after, especially after COVID. Like after COVID, the COVID still exists, but like after the, the whole lockdown pandemic times and so on, is really like things just changed. Like I feel like now, if you don't get like founded by some kind of like organization you cannot even organize a gig because like the places that like book gigs they are also very interested on in this like founding like everything is like now inside the game though I think like the found like money like the organization to support musicians and artists are dope like they is like it's really like it's it's like fucking it's such a privilege to live in a place that you have access to those things but I'm coming from like a scene that like we used to get together, organize things. And like, if that's profit, the, you share money. Yeah. If there is like a way to, like, you know, you always search for someone that's gonna help cooking, doing doors and so on. Like, and, that, and the charm of the city was to have a lot of like options. Like we have like a lot of place to go that like was kind of somehow into your, like also way to think in living, you know, like that, that like, I don't know, like so many gigs that we can kind of choose how much money we're gonna pay to go to a concert. And now it's like whatever gig happened is like at least 15 bucks. If it's a band's a bit bigger, it's 30 euros. Like it's insane. Like mm-hmm. it's like everything like now is, I think like this last two years, like I think there was like something very positive in a way, like, like I think like, a lot of bands they are more into this mainstream underground they saw they can survive from selling music and merch mm-hmm. but i think for the whole like small diy scene was like really like just, yeah i think like we lost like we kind of ended like losing all the places like if you know you don't have enough money you don't go to a gig because it's too pricey mm-hmm. I don't know. And then it's really, I think everything is quite connected. Like, you know, like we're kind of losing this space. and losing the scene. And yeah, I think it's just like pretty sad that like, and I think also very sad that everything happened during a very, very, very vulnerable time. Like people lost like homes while like they should be at home, you know, like, so it's really mental in a way. Like it's just super sick. Yeah.
2: And also this this role that like community plays, like also to organize shows together, like so many concert groups also disappeared because they don't have places anymore to organize shows and I also think the separation from each other. It's also super hard to if you are just work just going to a paid work, but you don't have community or a sense of doing things together, making things happening. Like, if you don't have this anymore, I'm a person who's really struggling yeah. out of being in community and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. yeah, there is, it's almost like, I mean, there are ways to do gigs, but it's not the straightforward way, you know? The straightforward way is you have a bunch of friends and you find a place and you go and you, you might even bring everything yourself. Like, the mm. do you do-it-yourself mentality, it allows you to also have a direct connection you know which action you need to take in order to get the result and now it's almost like you have to go some separate road you have to either go look for funding or you have to be an excellent at talking to people at clubs to convince them to book you or whatever you have to get this completely unrelated set of skills yeah in order to 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 do a gig and that's that's why it feels so sort of disconnected from Somehow.
1: Completely. Mm. I think like last year we ended up like playing really nice gigs, like unexpected in a way, like we were supporting of a lot of like quite cool new bands, like, <laughs> but in the other hand, it was always very hard to like, to ask for our friends or like people who like the band to go to the concert because like each concert was like 30 euros, right. 25 euros, mm-hmm. like, uh, and this, it's like, what the fuck? Mm. It's really pricey. And I think it's really, and of course, like we also play some kind of small gigs and some things that are still more like affordable. But it's like, I see like there is also like venues, they need the money for like, like uh, keep it running. Everything is super expensive, but like most of people don't even get any kind of raising on the income. So like, it's really hard to play this game right now at the moment, like if you go to a gig, like a t-shirt's like 30 euros, yeah. 25 euros at least. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I think like all this, like this last two years and also of like, when you, you kind of, and, and then like I think you know, what is really sad that like if you kind of keep on losing those space, like Libish, Kupi, I don't know, like it, it, many others, like, I think like we're gonna end up like just like trying to be into this kind of industry. Like okay, if you have like this kind of like uh, founding or this or that, like mm. you can pay, you can be part of this game or the that you out. I think we're gonna always exist the DOI community scene. Yeah, but it's just getting harder and harder to yeah. have access to this.
0: All right, let's do the song. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, not just a house from New Era. Here we go. I GET me- I'm gonna close up with a probably with a boring question. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the, the artistic plans question, the, the dreaded one. Um, what's up? What, what's up next for you? What are you playing for for this year? Any gigs, any tours, any albums,
1: perhaps? This is a good question. There's a hard question, actually. Not that boring, or hard thing. I think, like, yeah, we oh, are yeah, trying to find a way to keep the band running. Like now that like our drummer just had a baby recently, mm-hmm. we might go on tour on Easter, like a small weekend and stuff. I think In like- Germany? Yeah, mm-hmm. probably around Germany. I think like, I think probably for some time now, we're gonna be a way harder to like go a bit far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think keeping right songs and like, work on new material and stuff what do you think
2: (laughs) yeah it's like very um we actually don't know because we also have to see how things work out with with the baby like this Mm -hmm. few shows we play over easter like the 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 father of the baby will join us to take care of the baby while andrea like the mom is like playing the shows Mm -hmm. but we also don't know how how it will be to be on tour with a baby like a 6 month old baby actually and then um yeah Andrea the drummer like she really wants to stay in the band but it depends on on so many things and like when she told me that she's actually um pregnant um i was i was actually crying um, like on one point I was super happy for her and I, I was crying because I was so touched mm-hmm. that it, that she she gets a baby. And on the other hand, I was crying because this band was, I mean, it's still, but it was super important for me. And I was like, we, we wrote this record and we had plans to go on a on long, really long tour. Mm-hmm. We thought about maybe go to the US or go to some other countries. And I don't know how to live without playing music. So I got super nervous, and like my focus now is like I'm actually now like in a, in a different band, also like I play in a duo, and 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 I want to because I really need to play a lot of shows and go on tour and be in the rehearsal room. I don't know how to survive. Like I, I have really problems to stay um, sane yeah. <laughs> without being. Um, but so. To be in other bands, like, helps me to be more relaxed about it. My Fear. And really, like, I really want to make things happen, but I also don't want to pressure anyone and and just, like, be with the process.
1: Right. It's just very interesting, like, most of the time when, like, these guys are in bands and they have kids, yeah. mostly it's not a problem. They keep on doing stuff. Like, yeah. they don't really, like... Of course, like I hope, then out of then, there's a lot of nice guys who are gonna give support. But it's still, like, there is no much pressure. Like, but like when you're like a mother, you like the kids very connected to you. So Definitely. like, yeah. But I think like the I think we are like in this process of like figuring things out. Like how we had like a, another drama. Playing with us like for some months while Andrea was like just like in the end of her pregnancy and like when she had the baby, but it's like makes no sense to keep someone just for like touring stuff because I think like we are this band so like it would only makes sense with these people together playing music so I think we're gonna probably keep on working new material like because I think like this is everything that you can, is more like manageable at the time, like to go to the rehearsal, play music, and see what's happened next. I think like, it's also like, I don't know, sometimes things needs needs time, like, and and also unexpected things happen. So like, I don't like to see the negative stuff. Like it's very positive. Like it's like someone that is really happy, like with like a newborn baby that is super nice. And I think it's like, it's just like a question of time to shape the direction, you know.
2: And Andrea also still really wants to stay in the yeah. band. She yeah. told her partner that this is the only thing she wants, like, besides being a mom. She yeah. also wants to still be a musician and a drummer. And um, I hope that, like, the baby, like, will become also a cool other band member and i actually love kids i think they are so fun i would be also happy to go on tour like when the baby's a bit bigger being a child like to to take him with us like i would actually love that
3: yeah just
2: (laughs) throw
0: them in the mosh pit and
2: (laughs) i love just like tiny kids who are like at the show with this big headphones and like (laughs) yeah
3: it's
0: funny they say that the children don't have any fear, so maybe a child in a mosh pit would actually feel very comfortable. I think.
1: Yeah. I think probably this kid's gonna hate hard hot punk when he's <laughs> Oh, they're like, oh no, my, no, no, enough. <laughs> enough of this.
0: I'm just doing classic music.
1: You know, yeah, but, or uh, like trap. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Andre, Andreasa. So good to see you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank and you. All the best to Eat My Fear.
1: Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, thanks
2: a lot for inviting us. And um it's so cute to sit here with like all your colorful petals like around <laughs> us and uh, to give an interview also just around the corner of where we actually live. Like yeah. it was super nice. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.